Hello, and welcome to our holiday special. I am joined here today by our opinion editor, Anthony Montez. Is there any way you can, like, put, like, um, like jingle bells jingle over bells? this intro? Did you do that? Oh, I'm so going to do that. Okay. That's going to be awesome. Nice. That's going to be fantastic. That was gonna, my idea. Going to change it up a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Hi, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're going to have some fun today. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a little bit of a t- departure from our normal programming uh, but come the new year we'll we'll be back at it mm-hmm. but we're what we're going to be doing today is kind of looking at the different holidays during uh december what christmas is and kind of how capitalism has uh began to shape it and uh first of all just a brief history about christmas which i'm sure everybody or uh a lot of people know about. So Christmas is, of course, celebrated on December 25th and is both a sacred religious holiday and a worldwide cultural phenomenon. Uh, it has become very commercialized, um, actually, I don't know, past hundred years, would you say? Uh, yeah, um, it really started in the middle of the 19th century, so like 1800s. Yeah. 1800s is when um, the modern Christmas that you know uh, was first created. Yeah, uh, but... Of course, now, uh, as it is a huge cultural and both commercial phenomenon, oh, yeah, it is. Uh, we will go out, buy presents, and then spend time with our families and or gift it to our loved ones mm-hmm. and friends. Uh, but, Anthony, kind of what are your opinions on like Christmas and the holidays? My Personally, my opinion, I'm not a Christian, right? Parents are Catholic, so they celebrate Christmas, and I don't mind celebrating it with them. And I grew up celebrating it. However, does it do I have any real connection or attachment to it? Not necessarily. Um, like a lot of students here who work, maybe, I'm not going to be able to take Christmas off. So yeah. I won't be able to go visit my parents this year. So that's personally, on a personal note, that's kind of how I perceive it. Um, but on the other hand, it's a humongous economic racket for a lot of retailers online and uh, brick and mortar. Can I just give you some fast facts real quick? Yes, of course. So every single year, there's $729 billion of economic activity during the holiday seasons. Oh my God. Uh, I also saw another statistic that uh, basically showed that one-fifth of all retail sales will happen in November and December. That's absolutely insane. I mean, especially with Black Friday mm-hmm. and all of that, that's... Absolutely crazy. And actually, I um, there's this article that The Guardian wrote. It's an opinion article. Uh, but it's do- called Don't Prick the Christmas Spending Bubble is Keeping Capitalism Alive. Uh, David Mitchell actually went ahead and wrote that. But it kind of goes to talk uh, about how global capitalism um, is driven in part by Christmas. I mean, it's a huge spending time of year. And uh, even for me personally, that's the time of year I lose most of my money because I'm buying presents for people in my family. Well, some people will lose their money and others are just going to have to put it on credit. Yeah. They're going to have to borrow to be able to buy gifts for their kids or for their loved ones or to even celebrate Christmas. Yeah, and that's actually one of the major downsides of Christmas is the fact that for the people who can't afford it, it's actually putting them into a little bit of a deeper hole. Uh, Beyond that as well, beyond just the gift-giving aspect, we also need to look at the cost of foods. Uh, There are some people I was talking to actually in our office who were saying that food for Thanksgiving cost a lot of money because they're like buying turkeys cranberries all of that kind of stuff and for a lot of people who are lower income or don't have a job or 
uh, do, but they just can't make enough money, that's really going to hurt, and actually it can uh, be, well, not, I wouldn't say hurtful to their kids, but um, could detract from like the overall experience. No, yeah, absolutely. And how are you going to buy that food again? Mm-hmm. Right. And also, are you going to go visit your folks? Right. You, you live in Portland, yeah. so you get to see your folks every day, huh? I know. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is handy. I'm going back to me. I have, I, if I yeah. want to go visit my parents, I have to ask my parents mm-hmm. for, for money to buy a flight. Yeah. Um, some kids aren't that lucky. Some students aren't that lucky. Yeah. And if you look at comparatively the amounts that it costs to fly domestically in the United States, much higher than in Europe or mm-hmm. any other developed country. Well, also beyond that, Europe has a very uh, solid infrastructure of, well, railway systems where like the Eurostar, you don't even have to fly. You can just take the train to a different country or a different part of the, uh, or different part of your country. Yeah. So yeah, so you have all of these things that are like ex- basically extracting resources from working people, right? Yeah. And uh, here's a crazy, crazy statistic. Mm-hmm. The International Monetary Fund, if you don't know, in economics, it's a big deal. The International Monetary Fund is uh, the World International Development Bank. They give yeah. out loans to uh, developing countries, um, and they set up economic development programs in those countries as well. So the IMF says that we have $27 trillion in private debt. Holy. Think about that. Oh, my goodness. $27 trillion in private debt. That's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what percentage of that is in the U.S.? That is in the U.S. That's just the U.S. alone? That is alone? just the U.S. alone. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. And wow. you mentioned earlier that um, consumer spending is essentially propping up our economy at this time. Yeah. Um, there's a story that we're going to be publishing on Tuesday, December 3rd. It's an opinion piece by Camille Assad who makes a case that Recession is built into capitalism. Mm-hmm. And there he cites um, a figure that basically says, like, uh, that he cites a figure and talks about how our manufacturing has been in recession already. Really? Yes. And also in Europe as well. So, well, that's also interesting because both, I guess, the U.S. and Europe are moving more to a service-based economy. Uh, there was, I was in London uh, recently. Um, I was very lucky to be able to go over there. But uh, there was somebody I was talking to kind of about, well, Brexit, which is a hugely yep. debated topic right now. Vote uh, Labour. <laughs> sorry. That's fine. Uh, but, but what he was uh, talking about is that Britain is no longer a manufacturing country. It's very service-based. And with Brexit happening, all the services are leaving England. All the banking services, lawyer services, everything else like that are leaving because once they leave the EU, those people won't be able to practice in England and still work with the EU. There's mm. going to be major difficulties. Yeah. So they may be bringing back some manufacturing jobs, but that's not what is propping up the English economy. Yeah, yeah unlike the Germans and. In- and we're going to have uh, another story in the Vanguard News about how the German manufacturing, car manufacturing, is in recession as well. Yeah, and actually we're talking about in uh, the Vanguard News show as well. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of intersecting things yeah, going on. Exactly. Um, and while we're on the point of intersection, look, look at all the different mental illness issues that come up during the holiday times. Yeah. You know, the, the increase in suicide rates. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to realize all this private debt, all of this consumption, all of these these um, familial uh, obligations and 
all these different interests that are pulling you, right? They really put a stress on people when really what is Christmas is supposed to be? It's supposed to be about being with others and being thankful to a yeah, degree. Joyful and like supposed to have fun. It's like, but, <laughs> but there's all this other stress, like both financial and uh potentially emotional stress that comes from this time period uh, when really we should be sitting back and relaxing. Uh, so actually to kind of move us onto a different note, I want to kind of talk about some of the different, um, I guess, holiday traditions around the world. So uh, there's quite a few different holiday traditions. Um, different religions or cultures have different ways of celebrating this time period. So just kind of some of them. Uh, first of all, there's Hanukkah, which is the uh, Jewish tradition that is uh, celebrated for eight days and nights, beginning on the 25th day of the Jewish month of Kislev. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, but there it's uh, each night you give a gift and uh, you celebrate. Um, and then there's also Kwanzaa, winter solstice, Los Posadas, uh, which is celebrated by some Hispanic families in the United States, um, Diwali, and then also Chinese New Year. Okay. What was the, what was the Hispanic one? Uh, Los Posadas. Los Posadas. Oh, okay. um, so I, I'm Mexican. I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> but we we um, I'm very open to, to maybe Eve trying it out. Yeah, it's a nine-day celebration right before Christmas. Uh -huh. um, it begins with a procession of candles, songs, and sometimes people playing parts of Mary and Joseph who leading a par parade. Okay. Um, every night is celebrated with gifts, piñatas, uh, songs, parties, tamales, and prayers. It just sounds like an another excuse to just party for an entire week. I mean, is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, no, no. And it's definitely uh, apt for my people's culture. <laughs> um, can I can I uh, talk a little bit about Kwanzaa? Yeah, definitely. you know, people don't really understand what Kwanzaa yeah. is. It's not necessarily a religious holiday. It's more of an ideological mm -hmm. one. And it was created um, by a professor of African, African studies. Um, I don't know if it's a woman or a man. I think it's a man. Is it a man? From what I can remember. Okay. By professor of African studies, Mwalana Kering. Um, they were an activist and author, and it was created in 1966. And basically, it has uh, some principles, unity, self-determination, collective work, and responsibility, uh, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. And it's really about connecting people to their African roots, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah. that's awesome. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think that necessarily uh, these holidays need to be connected to religion um, i yeah. myself am not religious and uh, i do respect all religions uh, and all that kind of thing but having uh, a holiday which is more about the cultural aspect of your heritage i think is fantastic uh, but uh, that being said it is uh, i mean i i like christmas just because it's time to spend with my family my loved ones and my friends and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh, but let's actually move on to just kind of, I guess, how Christmas is celebrated in a couple of different countries. So uh, we'll talk briefly about uh, Japan and Korea. So Japan and Korea Ooh, tell me about that. are actually, so first of all, Japan and Korea right now are in a pretty tense situation in case you don't know Japan colonized South Korea, or sorry, all of Korea in uh, from, I believe, 1910 until 1945. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because of that, Korea asked Japan to pay reparations. They did. And fast forward to now, 
there's tensions over those reparations that have been paid out. South Koreans aren't happy. Japan is like, we've already paid. That's all I'm going to go into it. But first of all, uh, Christmas and actually South Korea and Japan are very, very different. So Christmas, as you know, is a Christian holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christians actually never really got a huge foothold in Japan. Christmas in Japan isn't nearly as big as it is in mm-hmm. other countries, mainly due to the fact that Japan was never really uh, brought into, I guess, the Christian fold. They tried, but Japan resisted. Um, really, the main things that actually have been brought over uh, is like Christmas cards and presents, which was brought over from the U.S. and kind of the capitalist standpoint. Um, it's been widely celebrated for the last few decades, but it's not seen as actually as a religious holiday. It's just seen as like kind of a celebration, like how it is mainly within the capitalistic standpoint. Mm. Um, on the other side, or I guess across the sea a little bit, to South Korea, it is actually a pretty uh, religious holiday because uh, Christians and that faith was uh, very heavily pushed in South Korea throughout uh, the Chosun period and actually probably during the U.S. occupation uh, after World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Yeah, and Christians make up about uh, 25 to 30 percent of the population over there wow. which is crazy and like for uh, for an asian country yeah 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 because usually there there's a pretty diverse mm-hmm. uh, array of religions in each country yeah i mean there's still about uh 70 percent of the people in south korea identify as buddhists mm-hmm. and probably uh about 25 or so don't have a religion um but Christmas is also, like, they go all out. There's this one picture, actually, I have up here that I'll just uh, swivel my computer to show. Ooh. It's just, like, filled with lights and, like, decorations and everything. It actually, in that picture, puts the U.S. to shame. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of insane. Wow. Um, I wish this was, like, a video format so I could show you this. But <laughs> uh, it is it is definitely something else. But, like, department stores will put... Uh, Christmas trees up and everything else like that. So, so then, people, so folks like in, so, so countries like Japan mm-hmm. and Korea basically use it as a way to create like economic stimulation. Yeah. So again, they're not really seeing it as a, a religious mm-hmm. holiday. They're mainly seeing it as like, considering they're a minority. Christians are minority yeah. in Korea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in Japan, definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. They're they're doing it as like just kind of a normal holiday that's just celebrating uh, people together um, and also having that economic sim- stimulation and, to it. And that just shows you the power of consumerist culture mm-hmm. right? and how it can, in a weird way, connect people, but yeah. at the same time isolate people. Well, also beyond consumerist culture, the, almost the power that the Western world has had mm-hmm. over the rest of it. Uh, yeah. It's kind of crazier influence mm-hmm. over the rest of the world uh moving on to actually a western country denmark yeah denmark uh is actually kind of interesting they they still celebrate christmas but it's it's different they celebrate kind of the advent calendar and uh, they focus around that it's much more of a time where you spend with your family you still have presents and everything but it's very much less commercialized than it is uh over in like england mm-hmm. u.s 
And do they do they celebrate Christmas or do they celebrate Saint Nicholas Day? Uh, no, they don't. That's actually the Germans. The Germans. The Germans celebrate Saint Nicholas Day, Mm -hmm. and actually, I think also, which is a whole other holiday. Just so everyone knows, it's celebrated on a different day. I think it's early December. Uh, The Dutch, I believe, also celebrate uh, Saint Nicholas Day, Um, but no Christians in Denmark do celebrate actual Christmas. Yeah, (laughs) and man, the job that U.S. advertisers did. To conflate all of these holidays together. Because when we think about Christmas, we think about Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And where did this idea of Santa Claus come from? St. Nicholas Day. But it's a separate holiday from yep. Christmas. I can't, you know? It's too much. <laughs> it's I mean, too- it's also like, it's kind of amazing that the power has, or that we've been able to do this. It's mm-hmm. it's good and bad, in my opinion. It, it's a, It's good because it just shows you I guess the power of advertisers and it's bad because we don't have these kind of separate holidays and it's I, I'd say almost dumbing down this uh, celeb- celebratory aspect on a side note if you want to learn more about advertising I recommend the book Propaganda by Edward Bernays Edward Bernays if you didn't know is the godfather of modern advertising a uh, great book um, okay so if you're thinking about maybe a stocking stuffer for one of your friends, that's the one. That actually, that'd be a pretty fantastic stocking stuffer, especially considering the holiday is for. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and also perpetrating capitalism. Yeah. Do you have anything else in terms of Christmas or any other thoughts on the holiday? Yeah, um, let me talk a little bit about, so there's this book called The Battle for Christmas mm-hmm. by Stephen Nissenbaum, and he talks about the advent of the modern christmas holiday and and i swear this isn't just because i'm super into leftist stuff but uh in the it came about during the 1800s when urbanization became was starting to become a thing right Mm -hmm. um and essentially social elites were getting concerned that all the poor and working people were flooding the streets celebrating um new year's and saint nicholas day right isn't that ridiculous? That's so stupid. Because, they, yeah, because so they were afraid that if there was enough people out in the streets like that, that there would be some kind of protests and riots. That right. So then there was a, a systematic effort to start pushing those celebrations within the home. Right? Hmm. And they did that through, you know, funding poets that, uh, I forgot this one person's name, uh, that kind of propagated this this idea of what Christmas should be. And like I said, this is before we started celebrating on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, and then uh, as the 1800s progressed, we have urbanization. We have people who are o- opening up shops in New York City. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they hire managers. Those managers become middle-class people. So now you have an emerging middle-class in the 1800s. And those, those, those middle-class families had children and they were worried about the commercialization that was going on around them, right? This is urban yeah. vision. This is new, right? Before it was all, you know, toiling on your land. Now you're in in cities. You mm-hmm. see advertising. You see storefronts, right? This is a whole new thing. Yeah. So then they realize, okay, well, we don't want our kids to be out there, you know, one, partying out in the streets with the, with the poor and the working class. And also, we don't want them to get exposed to all this commercialization. So then what happens is they, um, they basically start this by practice of buying gifts for their kids to kind of give them some commercial mm. goods right but 
it was usually something like a Bible, right? Ooh, like get a Bible for your kid for this, you know? But from there, it, yeah. that's kind of where it started, right? So you have this trying to get people to celebrate Christmas in the house, not out in the streets, because the social elites were fragile. And then you had um, these kids that were being exposed to commercialization that they were basically appeased, right, every year yeah. with, with some gifts. And by the turn of the 20th century, this is kind of where this Frankenstein-y thing started to kind of, you know, uh, derail from its from its purpose. And then you had the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, That's, 90s, 1000s. And now where are we are? Where is it? Eight hundred, almost 800 billion dollars. That is ever. amazing. <laughs> I had no idea. That's kind of where it started. Um, but kind of going off the uh, commercialization and kids, uh, a Christmas story and Christmas movies. Um, Ooh! So I, 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 I will admit, <laughs> I will admit, a Christmas story is one of my mm-hmm. favorite Christmas movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Die Hard is second. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but can I, can I tell you something? Yeah. I've never seen a Christmas story. Oh my god. Yeah. So first of all, it's actually a really good story about kind of how commercialization shapes kids Mm -hmm. uh the basic premise of it is that this kid ralph Mm -hmm. he wants to get this bb gun for christmas and like throughout the entire time he's like trying to convince santa and like his parents and like his teachers like why he should be allowed to get this gun for christmas and the whole thing is like don't shoot your eye out um but it's it's actually a really good tale and talking about how kids are actually being influenced by this commercialization mm-hmm. and how like this advertising is pushing it um the advertising for it is like really really prevalent throughout the entire movie and like mm-hmm. um he's really influenced by this one uh radio show um i can't actually remember what it, what it is off the top of my head which is frustrating uh but still like he he's influenced like want this thing and therefore pushes his parents to go mm-hmm. out and buy it for him mm-hmm. and just goes to shows like how ingrained in our society yeah. is capitalism and cap- I mean and, and I'm and I've and I've seen that movie before you know <laughs> I mean like the idea yeah and the then idea. you know yeah. there was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie what was that one called or oh I I know what you mean but we, that, that's like that common story trope mm-hmm. you know that, that that kind of we're f- familiar with now at this point yeah yeah and you said the other one was uh, oh, my other favorite one is Die Hard. Die Hard? That was just a fun movie. Yeah, 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 definitely. There's, there's some contention on whether or not that's considered a Christmas movie. Okay, the thing but... is, is like it, it's set during Christmas, so uh-huh. therefore it is technically a Christmas movie. Okay, let's say that um, I write a movie and it happens to fall on Thanksgiving. Are we going to consider that Thanksgiving movie? I would. Okay. I mean, it. okay, Die Hard doesn't really uphold the Christmas values because it's an action movie and mm-hmm. he's getting attacked by Germans. Here's the thing. I think it'll sway me if it was actually released on Christmas. Okay, yeah. I think if it was released on Christmas, I would say 100% yes. And honestly, I'm already halfway on board. Because <laughs> Die Hard, we're talking about Die Hard 2, right? Or 1. 1. 1. Die Hard 1. That's the one where he's in the building. Yeah. He has to... Okay, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, did you fast. know Professor Snape is in that? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> What's oh, his name? Why can't I remember his mm-hmm. name? Uh, that is, wow, this is, shows really bad for me, who I claim to have worked in the film industry for almost six years now. Um, he he died too. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Luckily, I have a computer right next to me. Oh, Alan Rickman. Alan oh Rickman, goodness. of course. Yes. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. No, uh, he he's was my fantastic. Man. He's a double double agent, man. Oh yeah, he that was uh, <laughs> just, just a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he was actually he was amazing in that. Uh, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. That's what his name was. So my favorite two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas movies. Christmas movies. I'm just gonna put The Grinch. The Grinch. Li- li- live action with Jim Carrey. Live action. Okay. So good. I, I animated was, is still amazing. They just came out with, I don't know. Well, I meant like the classic animated one. The classic one. animated one is a, is a classic. Yeah. But Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is amazing. Just the best. Like, you could not have picked a better person to no. do that. And he will always be Bay. Um, and the second one, I love A Christmas Carol. That's a, that's a classic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas story, right? Not a Christmas story, but yeah. a classic Christmas story. Which, by the way, if you don't know, it was written by Charles Dickens. Yep. Yep. So, read that. <laughs> I, I haven't actually... Stocking stuffer. I don't think I've seen the movie. You've never seen the movie? I've never seen the movie. I've seen, like, plays of it, but I've never seen the movie. I was actually in a Christmas a Christmas Carol play when I was a kid. Uh, I wasn't Tiny Tim. I was one of the kids. Okay. I was one of Tiny, Tiny Tim's uh, brothers. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's actually, for me, it's really hard to choose uh, some of my favorite Christmas movies um, because there's also Nightmare Before Christmas, which can be both Halloween and a Christmas movie, which is kind of fantastic. It's just amazing. Danny Elfman killed mm-hmm. it with a score on that. Uh, and then there's also Elf. Oh, I was just about to say Elf. That's another one. Yeah. I, I, That's like Will Ferrell mm-hmm. at his peak. You know, the only reason I would say A Christmas Carol, and then you're right, it's not a movie technically. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, there's but a movie of it. There's a movie of it, and I'm not even... And that with Bill Murray. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that one. I honestly don't even like that one as much. I just love how that story is always appropriated, mm-hmm. and how they always... Any TV show you'll watch, they'll do a Christmas special, and you'll they'll do the whole three... The three ghosts visit you, yep. and that whole trope. And honestly, I, I love the different iterations that writers come up with. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. I... Um remember your years and years ago watching i think the disney version of it with like mickey mouse and then um that one's great yeah that one's great yeah yeah uh, it was goofy goofy was Goofy's one of the ghosts the, the ghost the yeah. main ghost the main ghost yeah and scrooge mcduck <laughs> oh no it was yeah it was scrooge, it was scrooge mcduck. mcduck that's what scrooge it was McDuck. Yeah, that's the one. uh no that one was fantastic no i love seeing um how it is appropriated and actually it is also a great tale and kind of mm-hmm. like the timeless the class divide uh, which is timeless and never changes. And someone that understood the consequences of urbanization mm-hmm. and capitalism. Yeah. Charles Dickens. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Every novel. That's what it's about. I know. God, Charles Dickens. But uh, that's actually going to kind of be it for us. We're kind of running out of time here. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening today. And thank you so much, Anthony, for Thanks joining for us. Thanks for having me. I love talking about uh, capitalism and Christmas. Um, please read us at the PSUvanguard.com. We have mm-hmm. a lot of great stories, especially on the opinion page, but I'm biased. Um. Yeah, and then Anthony is also uh, one of our hosts for the Vanguard News Show, which airs weekly, and you can check that out on YouTube or our website as well. Um, we will be back in probably about a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we aren't entirely sure what, sure what we're going to start with, but uh, we will keep you posted. And But if you want to... If you want to listen about something or learn about something, why don't you reach out to us and let us know what you're interested in so exactly. we can talk about it. Exactly. Uh, you can reach out to us at multimedia at psuvanguard.com. Alrighty. Thank you. Thank you.